Hey, this is Carrie from Wrap Your Head Around Silks. This is the Expecting Aerialist Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you being here. Before we get started in the show notes, there is a link for the mini course by Wrap Your Head Around Silks and also one to sign up for the three-part video series, Aerial Rehab, that I'm working on right now. Go there to sign up to get that straight to your inbox. And today we have Jeannie Hunt Gibbon. She's a registered dietitian, and she specializes in nutrition for fertility, hormone imbalances, and PCOS, which is polycystic ovary syndrome. I've asked for her to come and talk to you guys today. We're going to do a two-parter, and this one we're all going to talk about nutrition for fertility, and then nutrition for prenatal and postpartum will come up in a couple weeks. So this is so interesting and I can't wait for you guys to hear all of this wisdom. Let's get started. I had first come to Jeannie because she's in this amazing mama's aerial group and she does have a focus as well on postpartum nutrition. I would actually love if we could talk about like go chronologically, I would love for you to talk about um, nutrition that would be favorable to fertility. That sounds good because actually my, my, you know, one of my biggest specialties is the fertility and uh, pre- I saw that. I was like, oh, we got to do this too. Um, So for the preconception fertility aspect of nutrition, well, first of all, a lot of people don't realize that there's a huge component of nutrition and lifestyle uh, related to fertility, right? When we have fertility problems, our tendency is to go straight to the fertility doctor. Uh, That doctor will usually prescribe hormones, um, and then you'll go through a series of different procedures until you the the highest of which is IVF, right? So um, usually nutrition doesn't really enter into the equation there, um, but it's actually a big part of the equation. Um, it, it accounts for a big chunk of unexplained infertility. And so it's very much worthwhile to make some nutrition and lifestyle changes. And then also a lot of the studies that have been done have been done on people undergoing assisted reproductive technology, right? Undergoing those procedures because uh, they're a really easy population to study. So we know a lot of things that will help set you up for success, even if you end up in that bucket. Um, <clears throat> so what are the biggest foods, lifestyle changes, et cetera, that are going to help you with conception, with fertility? Uh, the most studied, best studied is the Mediterranean diet. Um, and by Mediterranean diet, I don't mean it has to have Mediterranean flavors. It's much more about the macronutrient profile, right? So the types of foods you eat. Um, the Mediterranean diet is high in unsaturated fat, specifically things like olive oil, nuts and seeds, avocado. So what we call monounsaturated fat, um, So it's super high in that. It also has um, a high seafood intake generally. 
and plant-based proteins, usually from legumes, beans, nuts. Um, you can definitely do tofu and other stuff like that in there too. Um, it's pretty low in red meat. Um, why might that be important? Red meat is uh, pro-inflammatory when eaten in excess, not when eaten from time to time um, or used for flavoring, stuff like that. But when it's when you eat more than two servings a day, it can be more pro-inflammatory, uh, which is generally not super conducive to fertility or health in general. <laughs> um, it's a little lower in those uh, sweets and definitely low in highly processed foods, right? Like fast food and stuff. Um, high in fruits and vegetables. No one's surprised about that. And whole grains. And um, let's see. Yeah. And the same thing with those healthy fats. Um, so that's kind of the general breakdown of the Mediterranean diet. It does not, I, like I said, have to have Mediterranean flavors. That's not the most important component. It's much more about having those healthy fats, um, healthy proteins, lean proteins, and fruits and veggies. So that's probably the best study thing that you could just do right off the bat if you kind of want to set yourself up for success as far as your long-term fertility. Jeannie, is like if somebody was going to, does it matter when they start this diet? I mean, I'm assuming that the longer the better, but if you're, you're like, okay, I'm going to start this week. So I'm going to start trying next month. Like that would be okay. Honestly. Um, yes. The longer, the better. You're absolutely right. Like if you think you might want to have a baby in 10 years and you start thinking about it now, wonderful. Great. But not a lot of people do that. Um, <clears throat> That said, you know, even if it's next month, you're going to start, it's, it's worthwhile starting it, right? So a lot of these studies are shorter term, like a period of months where they looked at, for instance, the Mediterranean diet, um, and they looked at uh, lifestyle changes that people made. So it can be within a year, a few months, uh, it's still going to make a difference, right? Um, inflammation changes really pretty quickly in the body, for instance. So absolutely. You can make a difference in a shorter period of time. Yeah. I notice on my own body, if I'm inflamed, if I kind of tweak my diet for like a couple of days, it goes right, right down with inflammation. Is that normal? Yeah. Um, so inflammation is caused by, um, molecules in the body, um, called like cytokines and there's all these other pro-inflammatory molecules. <clears throat> they um, can come and go pretty quickly as far as, you know, our measurements of time. So if we start, um, you know, having a bunch of anti-inflammatory food and, and um, avoiding pro-inflammatory foods and avoiding pro-inflammatory stuff like um, binge drinking and stuff like that, it's going to change really quickly what the inflammation profile is in your body. The other component sort of of, of fertility and nutrition um, there's certain foods we know are pretty conducive to fertility. So things like eating quite a few servings of fruits, I think it's like four or more servings a day is pretty conducive to fertility. Um, seafood in particular has been one of the things that's been studied a fair amount. Seems to be really helpful for fertility. Um, we think it's those omega-3s, but there is something about um, eating the whole like see whole foods like uh fish and stuff rather than just taking it as a supplement that seems to be beneficial um whole grains also are really important um a lot of people again if they don't think that they should have carbs or something like that it's actually not true um 
And it's important for fertility for a number of reasons. Uh, One is the B vitamins that are in whole grains seem to be really important for fertility. Um, And two is if you're not getting enough carbohydrate, really, if you're not getting enough of any macronutrient, it can uh, actually uh, cause issues with your period, with your menstrual cycle. Um, And sometimes people will end up skipping um, ovulation because they're not eating enough. Um, And a lot of times I find that the not enough is carbohydrate. People just aren't getting enough because they think it's bad or something. Um, So especially for someone who is athletic um, or somebody who does aerial, for instance. I was just going to ask you because we're so, so many of us like were in that position when we were in ballet and gymnastics as kids and would not get the, our period for years and years, you know, later than other girls. For our population, yes. it's a little bit different, huh? It's super common. So um, it's called, is there, this big word is called hypothalamic amenorrhea, which is a really big word to just say there's an energy imbalance and you're not getting your period. Why? Because the body when we're not getting enough calories, like above subsistence amount of calories, right, uh, is going to say, hey, I'm going to prioritize just like my vital organs. I'm not going to start this reproductive thing uh, right now. Right? Think about it. You're not going to have a baby when you're not having enough calories to sustain yourself. Um, and the body's smart about that. It, it's not going to let you generally. <laughs> Um, so that's super important. That's actually basic, basic, basic. You need to get enough energy (laughs) to not only to just sustain yourself, but a little bit more, right. Um, in order for your body to know it's okay to get pregnant now in order for your menstrual cycle to, to commence like normal. That makes so much sense. So simple, but a lot of us don't think of it that way. I mean, I'm thinking about some of my friends who are pregnant right now. And you can see their abs, like, in their, like, seven-month pregnant belly. Like, you can see their side ab. And I'm like, really? Not on me. (laughs) I, I, You know what I'm saying? It's just like, um, it's like, wow. But, yeah, we need to be able to fuel not only ourselves, but a fetus eventually. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, once you get to the point of being pregnant, there's a whole another, you know, list of concerns. But actually, uh, back in the, you know, uh, b- fertility point, uh, start of things, um, uh, iron becomes really important, too, because, um, as you know, if you've been pregnant, your blood volume increases significantly, right? Um, and it's good to have that iron on board ahead of time. And the other big micronutrient is folic acid. Um, So a lot of people are probably familiar with this because it's like the one we really emphasize in prenatal vitamins and stuff. It's a B vitamin. It's really important for uh, preventing neural tube defects. So um, the closure of the neural tube in the baby um, is dependent on having this folic acid. And it's actually important to have it on board before getting pregnant. So... Um, this is one where I usually recommend people take a prenatal vitamin with folic acid in it. It's also in food, um, but sometimes it's hard to get enough in food from like leafy greens and stuff like that. But if you do both, even better. And leafy greens, again, another food that are really great for fertility, anti-inflammatory, um, have just a ton of vitamins and minerals in them that are healthy. They also have iron in them, 
But um, in order to get that iron, you do need to eat them with some vitamin C. So usually I would say a squirt of citrus is good. Ah, um, I didn't know that. this. Okay. Uh, do you have any leafy green favorites for, mm. for this? Yeah, I love kale. Um, I know <laughs> I know it's um, <clears throat> maybe become a little bit cliche these days, but I actually really like it in soups and stews. I like to just um, chop it up finely and put it in there. I do like a kale salad, but um, to tell you the truth, it's a lot harder to absorb the nutrients that way. Oh, but, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's harder when it's raw. I know some people think it's better, but it's not. Um, our body has a hard time breaking down those cell walls, right? Um, so the, the technique that I like to use is to put salt and some kind of acid, either vinegar or lemon and a little bit of olive oil and like crunch it in my hands. Mm-hmm. And that actually helps break them down a little bit and helps you absorb the nutrients. Yeah. Massaging the kale with the oil. That's what I, that's what I love doing. Yeah. I, I like that too. And I like a good like kale Caesar, like a kale salad of some sort. Um, the but also combination of lemon and a little parm and then um, roasted pine nuts is delicious. Oh, yeah. Oh, and the pine nuts are really uh, a good fertility food, too. Oh, okay. Because there's <laughs> yeah. omega-3. Generally, nuts and seeds. Nuts and seeds are so nutrient-dense, um, and I think people sometimes forget about them. You know, you can get them in nut butters, pe- not, not just peanut butter, although peanut butter is a great one that's available everywhere, but like almond butters, you know, tahini, which is made of sesame seeds, um, all those like pastes that I like to use them in sauces. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are all really great fertility foods because uh, they're just super nutrient dense. I'm getting hungry now. <laughs> yeah. I had that's a, the point, right? Yeah. Like healthy and delicious food. That's the point for me anyway. I just had a very bland like rice checks like bowl of cereal. And now I'm like, oh, I want some nut butter. Okay. So, okay. So you like the kale. Um, if people aren't fans of kale, uh, spinach salad, how about romaine? Romaine doesn't have much in there, huh? No, um, romaine is mostly fiber and water, which is fine. I mean, honestly, it's not a bad food to eat. I've actually had a few people come to me lately be like, well, lettuce is bad for you, right? And it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it, it's got a bad rep, I guess, because it's not kale, because <laughs> it doesn't have that, like, all those different nutrients and anti-inflammatory properties. That said, eating, getting your fiber and water is not a bad thing at all. It's a good thing. So all those, like, lettuces and stuff are really excellent for that. They don't have as much in the way is micronutrients, although some of them have a little vitamin C and stuff like that, some anti-inflammatory stuff. So it's not, they're not totally devoid of nutrients. Um, other leafy greens that you can try, spinach is a good one. Definitely um, cook it. It has a lot of this stuff that makes it hard to absorb the nutrients in it. So you're probably not going to get like minerals from it as much, like the iron and calcium that you can get from Kale, um, chard is another one. I was going to say chard and collard greens. Are they in the same category of kale when it comes to micronutrients? Yes, they absolutely are. And they're, they're quite nutrient dense the same way. All of those, I would say, like if you have a hard time tolerating them or don't love them, put them into a soup or a stew or a curry or something where just chop them up finely where it's not like the star of the show, but it's in there. Um, you know, with a curry, like for instance, with like coconut milk, turmeric, a bunch of curry spices, um, you're really not going to be tasting the bitterness of the greens. Yeah. It's just going to be kind of adding a texture. 
And then uh, I saw your Instagram. You're talking about the benefits of curry. Is curry oh, yeah. like amazing for our nutrition? It can be. It really can be, which I think a lot of people don't realize, but it has all these anti-inflammatory things in it, right? So ginger, uh, highly anti-inflammatory, also really great if you have like a stomach ache that's just like mild and you don't really know where it's coming from. <clears throat> Having some fresh ginger, ginger tea can really help with that. Uh, and that's part of its anti-inflammatory properties. And then turmeric is really highly anti-inflammatory as well. It has this thing called curcumin in it. Uh, which we has been pretty well studied to be highly anti-inflammatory. Um, in fact, it's, it seems to help people with things like arthritis, mm. which is great, like pro-inflammatory stuff yes. like that. So, yeah, when you throw that with a healthy protein, um, tofu beans, something like that, or fish or whatever, um, or even chicken, um, and then you throw in some veggies that are also anti-inflammatory, that's like a really powerhouse meal. Put it over brown rice. I mean, that is a really great balanced meal. Okay. So do you have a timeline and a recommendation for vitamins, prenatal vitamins for the fertility, like if you're trying to get pregnant? Yeah. <clears throat> so I have a couple. Of, well, one, just start now. <laughs> okay. Start now, no matter what. Okay, cool. Um, I guess if it's 10 years down the line, maybe you don't have to have a prenatal, but I, I recommend a multivitamin for most people, unless they have like a truly amazing diverse diet, because it's just covering all your bases. Um, and you don't necessarily have to take it every single day. Although when you're, when you're on the prenatal train and you're closer to conceiving, it's a good idea, right? For that folic acid, um, and things like B12, there's other B, B vitamins that are important for, um, fetal development and stuff that are great to have on board ahead of time. And the iron, making sure you really are replete with iron before getting pregnant. Um, as far as brands go, I don't have, um, I don't have a lot of specific recommendations except to like, look for that folic acid, right. And, um, look for one Preferably, I like one that has choline in it, which is also important for pregnancy and kind of gets neglected. It's also an egg yolk, which is interesting. When I see people eating just egg whites, especially if they want to get pregnant, that's actually a no-no. <laughs> Stop oh, eating those okay. egg whites. <laughs> um, I mean, it's fine. It's just protein, but you're missing out on all the nutrients in the egg yolk, many of which are good for fertility. People um, sometimes worry about cholesterol, like... Is it something that you don't need to worry about if you're having just like a couple eggs a day? Cor correct. Okay. And in fact, um, that's a whole other can of worms. But in short, the things that raise your cholesterol are saturated fat and refined grains generally um, or in like added sugar, right? Um, eggs are not really rich in any of that. Um, eggs do have actual cholesterol in them, which doesn't raise your own cholesterol as much, your bad cholesterol, quote unquote, as much as saturated fat and refined grains. So a couple of eggs a day is fine. And give us an example of saturated fats and refined grains. Just, you know, just assume yeah, people absolutely. don't know. Assume. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I tend to get into the... No, the and I know a good amount. So <laughs> I'm just like, no, we got to, you know, because... What examples? Yeah. So um, saturated fats, generally the fats coming from animals. Um, so butter, right? Um, red meat has saturated fat in it. Chicken has saturated fat in it. Um, so all those kind of 
meaty, animaly, um, fats, dairy, cheese, all of that's going to be saturated fat, right? Um, and, uh, refined grains are like white bread, white rice, um, all of those grains that have had the fiber taken out of them and the B vitamins and the antioxidants and stuff that all the wonderful stuff that comes in a whole grain, um, is what is in a refined grain. And then of course, I think most people know, you know, added sugar is is sugar, although there's like a million names for it. So I will say anything like evaporated cane juice and, uh, even things like maple syrup and honey and everything, all that stuff counts as basically as sugar. So those are the things that tend to raise our LDL or bad cholesterol. Yeah. Is sourdough bread in that category of white bread, even though it's white? Like, I'm not talking about <laughs> wheat sourdough bread. I'm talking about regular sourdough bread. It is. Um, yeah, there's been this thing. Uh, some people find it easier to digest because of the, you know, microbes in it and stuff that help digest it. I'm not saying take away your sourdough bread. I love, I love sourdough bread. I lived in San Francisco for many years of my life and I feel like they have the best sourdough and I love it. Don't, don't give it up. I also studied abroad in France and love French food. And (laughs) I, I would never tell anyone give up their white bread entirely. Um, but there's a big difference in my mind between that and like a sliced piece of white bread that you use instead of a sliced piece of whole wheat bread that like to, I mean, and again, it's, it's kind of up to you individually. Like what is the trade-off you want to give, but just knowing that you're not getting as many nutrients from those breads as you would be from a whole grain bread. You know, I, I really feel like even after last week's podcast, like I learned a lot. I mean, I eat pretty good anyway, but like, I was like, oh, let me go for some more fruit. And it really does help me not be craving other types of sweets. If I'm like literally stuffing fruit in my face every time I think about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Your, your body wants that and it, it definitely needs carbohydrates. So if you're eating kind of the whole grain, whole foods version of the carbohydrate, it's not going to, you're not going to crave the other stuff as much. And it doesn't mean you won't have a treat from time to time, but it's not going to be like an emergency at the end of the day, every day. All right. Thank you so much, Jeannie, for being here. You guys can find her at veggielush.com. I'm going to put it in the show notes where to find her on Instagram and also her website. Her Instagram's awesome because she drops tips every day on just how to eat better, regardless of if you're trying to get pregnant, just eating better the couple conversations I've had with her have been awesome just to clean up my diet a little bit. And I also did an interview with her for Greener Grass just on why your diet might not be working. And I'll link that in the show notes as well. Look for the two-parter. In a, in a couple weeks, I'm going to have her come back and talk about nutrition for prenatal and postpartum. So... We thank you, Jeannie, for being here. And in the show notes are those links for the free mini course and aerial rehab three-part video series that is coming soon. All right, guys, if you would honor me with a five-star rating and a review, I would appreciate you forever. Thanks so much for being here. This is the Expansion Aerialist Podcast.